good example of that. We had like our first elections in 2007. And wow. Yeah. Wow. We had our independence uh, in like the 1960s. And since then, it was just schools over schools. Welcome to the fifth episode of Next Up Africa. Once again, it is I, your gracious host, Amy Kikoma. I'm representing Congo. I'm here with my beautiful co-hosts. Manita hey. um, <laughs> uh, from Rwanda, Perpetua from Tanzania. And today we have two of my brothers, special guests, Omar. Wow, I forgot where Omar from. Omar, where oh, you wow. from? Mauritania, bro. <laughs> yeah, Mauritania. Like yeah, my nah, my fault, bro. I'm having like a long day today. And uh, Robbie from uh, Cameroon. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, like I told you last week, though, uh, my sleeping pattern schedule has not improved. I feel like I feel like it's gotten worse a little bit. You know, I think I have, I have a lot on my mind I got to deal with. You what know, are you so. smoking? Nah, that's I don't smoke. I don't. I don't do. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I just have a lot on my mind. I think. But anyway, uh, funny story before we um before we get into into this because you know I got to tell a little funny story. But um, I was thinking about um the other day. I don't know. Randomly, I was just thinking about it. Like um, I guess the 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 racist stuff that I've ever encountered. Right when I came to America. Okay. Yeah. And um <laughs> this was like in the sixth or seventh grade, right? So I went to IS fifty one. Were I'm you in America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, I was in America at oh. that point. But this is uh I went to IS fifty one, Staten Island, New York. Um it's on Forest Avenue. I just want everybody to know exactly where <laughs> this took Damn, you calling them up. <laughs> I'm I'm mad that I forgot the guy's name. But he was my ESL teacher at the time. And um, we were in the hallway. I forgot what exactly we were talking about, but we were talking about something. And mm-hmm. he was like, um, can I touch your hair? Like, this is a true story. No, no, a teacher? Me. Yeah, true story. Oh, right? so hell he, no. Like, <laughs> and at this point, I don't, I don't, obviously, I'm not conscious enough to know about, like, you know, microaggressions, anything like that. So, yeah. He touches my hair and he like squishes it like a like a sponge, and oh he said, God. "He goes, oh, this feels like a Brillo pad." Oh my God! I know <laughs> what he did. <laughs> what? No, yeah, no. I kid you not. Like he said, this feels like a Brillo pad. Oh and my God! I was God. thinking about it the other day. Like, wow. Like <laughs> they was really out here doing this. Like, <laughs> and I didn't yeah. even like go like. That was wrong, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, yeah. like, I'm so young. Like I didn't know. Like you can't, you can't tell me shit like that. You can't, you can't do that. You know? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so this is I guess sad. Story, yeah. <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess That's the story so bad was, for you. Um, I guess the story was not as funny as I thought. Maybe because like now, yeah, and it's kind of funny. Like wow, he's. Mm. You know? But it's really not yeah. funny for any white person listening yeah, to us. Please don't do shit like that. this. Yeah, please, please don't laugh about it. This is how I deal with my pain. I laugh at it. But anybody else, please report them. You know, 
mm-hmm. <laughs> went to the right mm-hmm. channels. <laughs> but yeah, now nah, this is not a therapy session because I know I know a lot of people think this is the only reason why guys start podcasts. So <laughs> ah man, this is a therapy <laughs> session for me. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> but yeah, anyway though, <laughs> yeah, let's start it. Uh, so today, today we wanted to talk about neocolonialism and imperialism in Africa up until the, the present present time. So I've I've actually been trying to to read more, right? So I I did invest in my second book of all Yay. time. Yeah, yeah. We like black men reading. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know they don't like that, bro. <laughs> right. So the you know ironically the book is called Class Struggle in Africa by Kwame Nkrumah. Mm. Oh, and, um, yes, a legend. I recommend this. I recommend this book to everybody. It's a good book. It's an easy read. And um, but real quick for anybody who doesn't know, Kwame Nkrumah was Ghana's first prime minister and president. Uh, he led them to independence from Britain in 1957, and then he was overthrown in 1966. Uh, after he was overthrown, he exiled in Guinea Conakry because he was cool with the president at the time. I'm blanking on his name. Sekou Toure, right? Here we yeah. Go. I think at the time we got Sekou Toure. And while he was at, while he was in Guinea, he um he wrote like twelve books that had to do with imperialism. And one of the mm. books that he wrote was Clash Struggle in Africa. And again, I'm emphasizing on how much I highly recommend this book so it's i don't know in my opinion it's easy read uh each chapter just talks about like revolutionary strategies to overcome neocolonialism and imperialism the kind of like the first couple of chapters were just about how colonialism brought class into africa right by right by like giving giving the crumbs to to like the few that were educated and like mm-hmm. the elites and the chiefs and then everybody else didn't get anything right so they created yeah. the, the whole classism right there and then he talks about how pre-colonial africa was more like uh egalitarian because like everybody respected each other everybody needed each other in order for things to work and he gives an example about like how the emperor depended on like a a cobbler for like necessary services, right? So in order for him yeah. to, right? He kind of continues to talk about how coup d'etats in, in Africa will always continue to happen until there's like a political unification of Africa. And he makes a couple predictions. Uh, he predicts that Africa will, re- if, if Africa remains like, like the small little states which they are now, um, which he saw were kind of weak economically and politically, then like the colonizers will continue to have like their influence in Africa, you know, which as mm-hmm. we can see is still, still prevalent, still happening. Uh, he also warns Africans about um, neocolonial interference, instability, resource exploitation from the continent. Which mm-hmm. we can see still prevalent, still happening. 
it's just it was just crazy because like the book itself you know was written like 50 years ago right but yeah it still applies till today like word for word everything he was saying is still exactly you know it's happening today so again <laughs> i'm emphasizing one of those 12 books pick it up read it so uh, i wanted to define what neocolonialism and imperialism was so oxford defines neocolonialism as the use of economic political cultural or other pressures to control or influence other countries especially former and former dependencies and to define imperialism as a policy of extending a country's power and influence through diplomacy or military force. Mm. So I know this is going to be really like a touchy topic for everyone, anyone who is listening and they feel like it's too much for them. You can take a break and then come back, but we still need to learn our history regardless. So <laughs> before we actually um, dive into the question, we need to first address, because some people don't know how many countries colonized Africa. So wanted to just hear like some countries that you guys know specifically colonized your countries or countries that colonized other countries. Cameroon, where I am from, was colonized and officially uh, we reached our independence in 1960, 20th mm -hmm. of May, 20, uh, 1960. But um, we were colonized first by um actually the list is long because our name the name cameroon actually comes from um i believe it was the spanish i that's mm. that's how that's, that's spain. how uh, people from spain. spain like yeah it was colonized by the spanish and they gave Spaniards, they gave the name camaroes to rio dos camaroes to cameroon which is literally translate to uh shrimp river that's mm. because uh our coast uh we have uh the atlantic right right out our coast and you could literally scoop down um you know uh shrimps so they name it rio dos camaras river of shrimps then uh i can't remember actually the the order but we were also colonized by uh the German who named uh Cameroon Cameroon with a K and a U. Um and then the France and that's especially after World War One, the France took it back the French took it back. We became Cameroon. Um and it was a back and forth in between World War One and World War Two between the Germans and um France and England as the war progressed. But after the end of the war, uh, France and England, well, Great Britain, uh, they took control of Cameroon. They divided, uh, Cameroon in a English speaking section and a French speaking section. Eventually, Bakasi attached itself to Nigeria and that led to a conflict and back in 2008 I believe um Bakasi came back to Cameroon but there was other parts that remained in um in Nigeria so 
French and English are two official languages of Cameroon, and the only other country like that in the world is uh, Canada. Mm. That was your little trivia about Cameroon. The, the, the question was... Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I probably lost the question. <laughs> uh, what was the question? No, he answered the question, though. He no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was just... <laughs> yeah. I just thought he kind of went off on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, which, is, really. <laughs> which is good. I free out. Which yeah, is I, good. I appreciate yeah. that. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so he already named Spain. Um, he already named France. He already named, well, we talked about the Belgians, but he named the Belgians. He named Germany. He named, yeah. So, no, he named Britain. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All in one country. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a, uh, Italy and Portugal. Yeah. Wow. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I came good, good job. Good story. job. Good job. <laughs> around and touched everything. So, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah. Um, but, so Congo, Amy, who colonized your country? But for Congo, it was the Belgians. Um, King Leopold II, which, you know, terrible human being. Yeah. Rwanda was colonized by two countries, too. At the beginning, we had the Germans. And then later on, Belgiums, you know, just like most of East African countries. But yeah, Omar, Omar is what from Mauritania? Yep. Yeah, Omar is from Mauritania. That's what France. Yeah, I feel like that. Was yeah, great. that is France. France took it along. You know, it, it took places like Algeria. It took places yeah, like yeah, yeah, Morocco. Yeah. yeah. You know, France was very out there. Still is. It still is. Yeah. 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 And we can't forget, um, I, I know, I'm just Googling this, but I know United States colonized um, Liberia, right? Um, No, Li- Li- Liberia was uh, where the free slaves went. Oh. Yes. Yeah. After- so Liberia was never colonized. Liberia was actually like the, the, only, the only country that was, that was free. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. a, um, an, as- an asylum for... Um, you know, slaves that escaped the, the slave trade, you know, um, places like that. Right. And then, and then we forgot about Miss um, Perpetua, uh, Tanzania. Yeah, Tanzania. Was, yeah, which was the German colonizer and then um, the British also. But yeah, anyway, so. Yeah, go ahead, Amy. What, what role do you guys think uh, religion played in the colonization of Africa? I, um, uh, it was a, what movie was it? I believe it was the book of Eli, but in that movie, um, the villain of the story was also looking for the Bible and he made a Mm. very interesting point. If you want to control people, right? Religion is the way to do it. Right. You know, with religion, you can pacify the most uh, brutal people. So the way it went, um, and this is something that is taught a lot in African school. Anyway, it is, uh, it is very much taught in Cameroon right from primary school. They call the, uh, you know, the people who laid the groundwork for colonization, uh, missionaries. You know, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. that's yeah. who they were. They were missionaries. The mission being bringing 
the white Jesus, well, of course, they don't say white Jesus, bring Jesus, <laughs> uh, the love of Jesus to barbaric uh, people and, right. you know, Africa to stop, you know, tribal wars, to stop uh, right murders and such. But essentially, they pacif- they use religion to pacify the people, you know, to mm. turn the other cheek. You know, like if you mm. love your enemy, pray for your enemy, you know, mm. don't kill your enemy, pray for him. If you, your enemy slapped you, give him the and other the cheek to be, <laughs> to, to Yeah, be forgive you. and forget. Obey yeah. your master. Yeah. Obey your master. White Jesus want you to... um to revere us as your savior and the missionary could tell them what the hell they wanted. Point being that the missionary used um, religion to pacify the people. They lied to the people, they pacified them and then they murdered them. That's true. That's true. Very bad when it comes to hit all the points. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then just one thing I can add on to that is that, as as Rabbi just mentioned, um, missionaries were there as spies, you know? They're the one who um, really got involved deep, deep with the people in the village um, to the basic call, you know? Understanding the fact that, can you imagine how the West would have come not knowing the geographic uh, condition of the continent, the missionaries that among the early arrivals of European descent to Africa. So they're the one who were reporting geographic like land conditions, which land was fertile, which land was infertile, which um, society were more hostile versus which society was more welcoming. So the Europeans, when they came, they knew how to attack or which place they wanted to actually take control over, you know? And in addition to that, what I understand the religion is like the foundation of colonialism, especially when it comes to mind control, which is one of the things that colonialism and imperialism is about, is controlling your mind. If we look back in the history most of the schools, most of the early education system were owned by Catholic schools, right? And they're the one who taught majority of people how to read and write English, French, or Spanish, whatever they were teaching them. Even the Bible itself, as the rabbi said, they taught them how to misinterpret the, what is written in the Bible. Yeah. Wow. Longevity of my control. That is... Yeah, they've done like a crazy job. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's that, and uh, another last thing I think I can add on <laughs> to that. <laughs> I feel like it just keeps coming when, um, wow. when, religion, <laughs> when religion was being forced uh, down our throats, right? It just, it's just like we were told to forget about our our culture like we lost ourselves immediately and if you look even like i don't want to jump ahead but look at the um tension between um christians versus muslims in africa (laughs) quick example (laughs) is the nigerian civil war which was you know it was essentially christian fighting uh muslims 
and it was a bloodbath. They called it the Gedj Biafra, the Biafra War. Anyway, that's something for your Bye, culture. Yeah. Some, yeah, something that you should look up and learn more about. <laughs> anyway, religion is always the first step that they always take because even you look at you look at even um even today, you know you know you can look at Congo. Congo has the most like Congo has the most charities in the world. Mm. Also, also same with missionaries, which is insane, you know. And Congo is yeah. the wealthiest country in the world. Yeah. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know, yeah. at some point you gotta have to like sit down and like, oh shit, all these <laughs> charities are there. There's why all these missionaries are there, you know. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, the reason why the well, the missionaries or these charities are there is all about the white savior complex, which we can explore course, in yeah. detail. Mm -hmm. you of course, know? of course, of course, of course, yeah. of course, of course. You know, and then in, in return, you know, they take your oh, money. they take your money. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if it was real charity, there would be like some long term stuff, especially like you said, if they have um like that many missionaries, then like what's their mission? I mean, I would like to speak for Mauritania. For for example, for ours, it, it was a little bit different because the country mm -hmm. itself, like, they didn't try to separate people in the basis of religion just because everyone kind of just was Muslim. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that the whole issue ended up becoming, like, like ethnic wars and, like, land, um, land fights um, between, like, you know, Morocco and, like, Mauritania over, like, Western Sahara. Mm -hmm. So, like... That brings up like a good point, like Amy was saying that Nkrumah was saying um, that like there would be a lot of coups. Mauritania is this good example of that. We had like our first elections in 2007. And, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, our independence uh, in like the 1960s. And since then, it was just coups over coups. That would be like the perfect example to just kind of show like the effect of colonialism. Although... Like Mauritania kind of didn't have like a long colonial history. They like mm -hmm. were colonized in like the 1900s, uh, 1904. And by 1960, as compared to, you know, other countries. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's, it's just a fascinating history. It's just like all these countries kind of have one thing in common. But yeah, funny yeah, thing, yeah. you know, um, if you guys, I'm just going to talk to people who are Christian, you know, one part in the Bible say um, the when the thief comes to steal and kill, you know, so that they technically took the word from the Bible and then <laughs> applied it on Africa. <laughs> hey, but that's the thing though, you know, it worked. Still working. Still, yeah. yeah. Still working. That does bring us into like um the next question though, you know, about whether or not you guys feel I obviously this is rhetorical question. But <laughs> did, Africa, did Africa get its true liberation? And obviously, this is a rhetorical question, but I'll answer it myself. Um, no. <laughs> you know, and I can I can use a I can use Congo, you know, as an example, right? With the Belgians, right? Um, you're talking about uh King Leopold, who was who had control since what? 18, 1885, right? Until that guy was a monster. And yeah, to the most the fucking murderer, right? Mm -hmm. So until 1960, right? And then under his rule, you're talking about people being people being kidnapped, people being murdered, people being robbed, people being raped, people being mutilated. You know what I'm saying? People being put mm -hmm. in 
and like um what do you call it being kept like animals like what do you call those yeah. things in zoo that woman yeah. zoos like that's crazy that's insane like how like how sick do you have to be in the head to like be okay with yourself like there's stories of um of people that come up so you had to when you were mining right you had to bring back a certain certain weight right there's a certain mm. amount like weight wise that you had to bring back every day if you failed to bring back that that set amount they will go and mutilate your wife your kids to show you that they're serious like what the heck yo and this is very recent this right. is yeah, yeah it's still going on too very, Right. And so, and so now the idea of like the, and then we talk about like liberation wise, right? So you're talking about like in 1958, right? Yep. The human zoo of Belgium. Congo got, Congo got his first like political party with, um, Patrice Lumumba and the other Congolese leaders, right? A year later, there was the riots and the rallies. And then June 30th, 1960, we got, got independence, right? So. What did, what did the Belgians do? They, they left, quote unquote, but they really didn't leave, you know? Mm. So they still have control of everything, but their presence wasn't there, right? But they still mm. had people that were working for them, you know? Because, Our brothers at that. Yeah, at that. Crazy, right? Because then there was a the Congo war, right? That lasted yeah. five years because, um, there were some people, obviously, you know, African politics, right? No, no matter who's in charge, somebody's going to be upset and somebody's going to want to have that power, right? So you have... Because that's the thing they did, though. The divide and conquer, they ended up buying some souls of those Africans. Of course, right? Because you have Patrice Lumumba, first prime minister, and then you had the president at the time, Joseph Kasavubu, and they they started having their own issues, right? Started having their own issues. And then you had the other... Um, political parties at the time who were not happy with <laughs> what they were, with what Patrice wanted, which his, his whole thing was Pan-Africanism, which I don't know how that's terrible, but <laughs> so you had other political parties who were not happy. And then you had people who started noticing that the Belgians still had control of Congo, you know? So that mm. became a problem. And then now you had, um, the U S and the Soviet Union trying to intervene. Right. The U.S. obviously yeah. backed the Belgians and Patrice had asked Soviet Union for help because he knew what was coming. Right. He knew the war was coming. So he had mm-hmm. asked for help. And then once he asked for help, the U.S. said, oh, he's a communist. Yep. And he to be dealt yeah. with. That's how the Masankara <laughs> yeah. was. So he, so he signed his own death right there, his yeah. own death sentence right there when he asked for help from the Soviet Union. You know, and then everybody knows, you know, he got he got killed execution style, his body dumped in acid. And then from that war, that Congo Civil War, um, you have Mobutu, Seseseko, who ended up, you know, taking over. And but really, he was just merely a puppet for the U.S. and the Belgians. Yeah. And so, again, right. So no liberation has ever has ever been gained. Right. But can and we talk about how these people are just monsters? Because we're just talking about there's killing a person. 
Right. But why go extra mile to put the dead body in acid? Hey, like, right. like exactly. I can't wrap my hand out of this. Oh, right? well, I, I don't know. That. I it was it, psychological warfare. Yeah. That it's, this is what happens to you if you try. Yeah, it's, it's basically a lesson. But while we're on that subject, I mean, two weeks ago was um, the 60th year of his passing. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. Rest yeah. in peace. So. RIP, yeah, man, which is, which is sad. It's like there's a guy that was trying to do good by his country, to do good by his continent. And then you have people like Mobutu, you have people like Joseph Kazabubu who were not happy. Like Paul Biel. You know? Right. Who were not happy, you know? Real quick. I just want, I, want, I really want you, the listener, to realize how recent this is back in 1958 we are talking about 70 years ago mm-hmm. 70 years not long your grandma was alive hell maybe your dad was alive. my aunt was alive right they kept human zoos in belgium places you could go and see humans in cages like we talk about how hitler is bad and he murdered six million people don't get me wrong hitler was a very bad dude and i hope he got what was what was coming you know i i hope he died of very excruciating pain but let's look at the king leopold ii that dude killed over 11 11, 1, 1 million of people in Africa. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a genocide. And those statistics are not even accurate. Not by a yeah, long man. shot. Anyway, I just wanted you, the viewer, to realize that. Yeah, and bro. Like, yeah. Yeah. And what is annoying, what is annoying is that even after the, the Belgian people knew why, what he was doing, but they still exalted him for his great work he did for, you know, the region. You know, it's just still right. annoying. It's just. Right. Cause he, he gave them, you know, he, he gave them what they needed, right? All the minerals that they needed. Cause at the time, like mm. rubber, rubber was a big thing, right? Rubber, yeah. he got rubber from, you know, from Congo and they needed rubber in Europe for, you know, for tires, for bikes and cars, you know? So he was giving them what they needed. So like, but like you, you can't, you can't have the decency in your heart to see like, yo, you're really killing people. Like you're keeping them in cages. Like they're animals. Like you're raping their women. You're like, you know, again, like, (laughs) you know, Congo is a, (laughs) is a tough, tough, tough subject. But (laughs) until, even even until until now, right? Because you had, you had Kabila. You know, mm. which also same thing was under was under the influence of the West, United States, and all of that. And then you have um more recently, um Felix Chisekedi, who's the current president. Mm. He has ties to Paul Kagame, who's <laughs> the president <laughs> of mm-hmm. Rwanda, and he and he Paul Kagame has ties to the to the Clintons. You know what I mean? So mm. it's it's wild. It deep. This thing, yeah, it's wild how it works. But yeah, so no, <laughs> Africa <laughs> has not seen its true liberation. No, Africa, never. Yeah. Africa is far, 
from seeing as true liberation. Yeah. Take an example of South African. You look at the issues, um, especially racial disparities in South Africa itself. And it's all because of the United Kingdom, right? And you can see how the white people are still the one running the economy. They're still the one owning the majority of land. Um, they're still the one who have power in every single social, economic, and political um, section. So if to me to say about liberation of Africa, no, we haven't. I would say maybe 25% liberation, but we're still 80% under control of the West. You know? 25% liberation? We only like... have like 20, 25% of liberation. Otherwise, the remainder we're still under power control of, of the Western world. Mm. I'm not going to lie. I think 25 is a little bit too high for me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yo, it's go low, ten <laughs> percent. But honestly, I feel like crying right now, like bad. But but yeah, it's your it's your turn with France, though. There was this man, Muammar Gaddafi, in Libya. Mm. You know, Muammar Gaddafi believed that Africa should be united, strong. You know, that was the only way forward. Also, when you look at Libya, Libya had, well, has a lot of oil and for every gallon of oil that was sold every single um libyan citizen would uh perceive a portion of it some portion of it healthcare was free education was free but mm. the second uh Muammar Gaddafi stepped up on uh the united uh nation of africa floor and started talking about pan africanism Ooh, that's a word friends don't like. Mm, they don't. They don't. That's how they assassinated the great man, Thomas Sankara. Yeah. Anyway, once he started talking about that, suddenly Libya needed some freedom. You know, some good old-fashioned freedom. So mm-hmm. Nicolas Sarkozy, who was the French president at the time, started pressuring the uh, United Nation to move on to Libya. And that's how, um, you know, Obama started, you know, striking Libya and Libya descended into this uh, civil war and Gaddafi was assassinated. If you look up pictures of Libya pre-2008, beautiful country, you know, mm. palm trees, uh People kind of happy, people getting, going to school, people getting health care. And now that Gaddafi is dead and that they, the first world has successfully delivered its freedom, freedom mm. packages that come in the form of uh, cruise missile, uh, missiles and, uh, you know, tomahawks missiles. Now that they have delivered that, the people in Libya are struggling. It's a terrorism, you know, nest, you know, place where terrorists can go and, you know, just be there and not be bothered. People are at war. People are killing each other over Mm. water and all of that. And where is the oil going? I wonder. I wonder. I don't know. Probably France. (laughs) Just real quick. 
I want to outline this quote by General de Gaulle. For those who don't know, Charles de Gaulle was the guy who pushed for the for the liberation of France after they lost Paris and he exiled to Africa to find troops. He's the one who who essentially promised uh, paradise. And his quote is, France do not have friends. Mm. She only has interests. So no matter how much you think friends is going to do good they're not there for you they're there for themselves real quick, mm. uh, real quick. yeah oh nana go go ahead very recently the west african community i think that named like echoes obviously they're combined uh anglophone and francophone countries so for them they came up with an, initi- an initiative to make their own currency as west africa and they named it Echo, right? So when the Echo was being introduced on the table, the Francophone had to get full independence of their money from France. But guess what? France refused to give it to them. And I don't I need to do more research on that, but I know that delayed um the echo being passed, and I don't know if it's gonna even have a chance to be passed. So that is one of the things that France is in power. And very ironically, I was talking to you guys um, how now France is there playing uh, the mind game. So as you guys know, if you follow African news, there is always the Franc-Afrique uh, summit that happens almost, I think, every year or every two years. And it's usually by French people inviting African leaders to go to their countries, right? It's never other way around. It's never Africa inviting France for a summit, which is really annoys me the most. But um, very recently, President Macron uh, mentioned how this year um, the France-Afrique summit is not going to be open to the African leaders. And now they want to invite the African youth to be the one to go to that. So I'm now curious, what kind of youth are we sending there? Because what I know, France is very stingy. France has never been there for Africa. And even if they pretend to do anything right now, all I know now is for them to pick up the mind of African youth and what they have um, in mind so that they can easily come back and colonize them. Why, if France is still... um, concern about giving independence to Africa and whatever, why doesn't France allow the Africans to be the one to host it? Why does it want to be always the one in charge? You know? I raise my case. <laughs> but I know you had a story about um the UK Prime Minister, Boris yeah. Johnson. Yeah, I know. This is a crazy story that came out last year. The UK Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, before he was a Prime Minister, back in 2002, he wrote an article where he had the guy to say that the problem Africa has right now is not that the Western world was in control, but rather that they are no longer in control, you know? And he went on to say that 
for Africa to really be where they wish to be, that we should crawl back to our masters, you know, and ask for them to take control over us so that when they come back to colonize Africa, they don't come with the guilt of them coming to take over things without our permission. And he went on to say how that Africa without colonial era, we wouldn't have known the right crops to to um to plant. Like we were so dumb, technically that's why he said Africa could not have survived or be able to feed our own people without the help of um Europeans. So he gave an example of Uganda and he was saying how they came, uh, planted coffee and tea and tobacco. And they're saying how uh, Africa before then, technically Uganda before then, they were only having this rare and strange, apparently to him sounds disgusting fruit, but for me, I know it's a delicacy. You know, um, jackfruits and everything that Africa knew. For sure, we know Africa had been, in, had been able to feed its own children for years and years before even Europe had the um, the fertile land to feed its own people, you know? But for me, what was surprising, it was especially how he said that Africa should call back to the colonialists to ask them to come back and take charge so that they can show us the right way to go. I know we don't cause but fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I second that to the, to the fifth power, actually to the oomph degree. And this is the craziest part. This is a leader of, <laughs> of a country, free world. Right? Like, mm, mm. And cause, yet cause our like, African country, the, what annoys me the most is like, how come he said that before he was a prime minister? He's not prime minister. He goes and laughs, um, laughs in front of the African leaders, but no one calls him out for that, you know? Because it, it just speaks to, like, how people view Africa, right? It, like, you could do whatever you want to it, basically. And you're not going to see any type of repercussion from it, you know? Because, like, that's, that just speaks to, like, the company he keeps. Like, everybody that's his political circle. They all yeah. must share the same, the same feeling, the same ideology. Mm. So, so what do you guys think? Like, what can Africa or like Africans do in order to achieve true liberation? Control our own resources. First step. But how, how, how do you get to that step though? I personally think for African countries to be rich, they have to like, you know, have nuclear weapons though. <laughs> oh, I second that. I second they, that. They have to. They have to have what? Nuclear weapons, because like I've never seen. Like basically, that that's kind of is the voice now. If you have no like you know no way of protecting your wealth, you know like. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. Yeah. The issue with that it was there was only two countries in Africa that ever owned nuclear weapons. Right South now, um, which is South Africa, but once the French, once the UK left, they took it. They, they convinced them to get rid of it, right? And then it was um, Qaddafi, and then guess what happened? 
Once yep. they killed him, they destroyed it because they didn't want anyone to come and be in power of it. But how come the West never get rid of its own? That's a question for another day. The first thing we need is economic liberation. And I've seen the continental free trade area that they started to do was to ease maybe the movement within the continent because that was another issue in Africa. It's, it was so cheaper to import things from China than to import things from uh, Ghana going to Rwanda, you know? If you look at uh, transportation issues in Africa as well, right? In order for a person to come from, to go to Morocco, from Senegal, most of the time you have to go through France and then you go to Morocco, you know? And if you try to buy a direct flight, if it even exists, you know? So those are economic issues. Those are the things that Africans haven't really sat down to map out. Let's deal away with putting more import fees from within a continent, but we put it from outside the continent. Let's find that if a country is able to mass produce um, one type of crop, they make it their major crop. And then another country, let's say Ghana is in charge of cocoa, is in charge of the chocolate and everything. Another country, I know Tanzania, the rice of Tanzania, I would eat Tanzanian rice for my entire life. But it's just so crazy that we don't have anything of our own that we have made such that it can supply the whole continent. And for the truth of the matter, Africa itself can feed the whole continent. Big facts. So economic liberation. And obviously the, the single currency that Gaddafi had introduced, you know? Big facts. Yeah, right. So I think, I think it goes back again to Kwame Nkrumah. I feel like he laid it all out, right? Step yeah. by step. Like you guys just mentioned again. Economically, we're weak. Politically, we're weak. You know? And, and mind-wise. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We're weak. We need and to. Because, I don't know, Africans have a tendency of just not being comfortable with unifying all the countries. You know, that's the biggest mm-hmm. problem. If we can get that done, which will be hard because you need you need to have the right people in charge that all exactly. that will all have the same goal and mindset. You know, so yeah, because speaking of that, like I say last year, mostly last year, but it's still going on right now. There's this one political leader, um, Julius Malema in South Africa. He was talking about the incident that took place in South Africa where South Africans were going against Nigerians, right? Yes, saying yes. that Nigerians yeah, were yeah, taking yeah, yeah. over their, their the jobs, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. And then you're like, look ahead. Who I know. But yeah, which is crazy because you have people from the UK that are that are down there. They have businesses. You still have Indians exactly. down there that have businesses. But you're exactly. more concerned about the guy who looks like you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Crazy. Right? It's crazy because even some people who are fighting are so-called educated. But guess what? Mm-hmm. That is the educated system. Uh, education system that the West put in charge and mm-hmm. Africans have never thought about restructuring 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 <laughs> English is my fourth language by the way to the nope. people who hear okay. me making a lot of mistakes 
<laughs> yeah, but like we are still using books written by the West. We're still really reading history written by the West. Crazy. Right? And I think um, <laughs> on that note, that was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> and we didn't even touch the surface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's the craziest part, right? Like, because we definitely did not even touch on like every other country. Yeah. I have so much more I talking points. I don't, I don't want anybody that listens to this to think like, you know, we deliberately did not talk about specific countries. It was just, you know, it's oh, a lot of we, countries to cover. We mostly it's, talked about the country. Right. With. Right. You know, but yeah, you know, we, we talked about neocolonialism, we talked about imperialism, we talked about money, <laughs> we talked about <laughs> the Belgians and their terrible ways in Congo, we talked about the French and their terrible ways throughout Africa. Who else did we talk about? We talk about liberation. Yes. As a closing note. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think, you know, even though we just scratched the surface, I think I think this was a good first step. This was good. Yeah, I think this was a good little first step. Um, we're definitely going to have a part two to this sometime down the yeah. line to look into a little bit more in the other countries that, you know, I myself am not particularly familiar with, but yeah, yeah. time to read, Amy. <laughs> hey, hey, real though, real though. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up my third book. Um, we are planning a surprise for for the listeners, and like always, though, um, definitely leave a review. You know, for anybody that's listening on on Apple, give us five stars. Anything less than five stars, we don't want it. Nah. <laughs> Nah, don't listen to him. Criticism is good. Criticism is good. Um, again, IG is official underscore next up Africa. Oh, song of the day. (laughs) Yo, I thought you was gonna forget. I was like, this man. (laughs) I was gonna forget, but um, today's song of the day goes out to South Africa. This is one of my favorite artists ever, but his name is Lucky Dubé. And the song is called Prisoner. Make sure you tune in next episode where we're going to talk about food. I have a lot to unpack on this one. A lot of, a lot of stuff has happened. <laughs> no food, food, though. No food. I heard something about food on Twitter. Ah, <laughs> Sorry for another day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, until next time, though. Peace. <laughs>